Welcome to the Album Draft Podcast. My name is Reed. Whether it's your first time listening or you are regular, thank you for tuning in. It is much appreciated. Uh, if you haven't already, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Album Draft Pod. So my guest for this episode today is one of my favorite people in the world. He will yes. do whatever it takes to get to VIP. Simon, <laughs> thank you for coming on. <laughs> Oh yeah, of course. Was that is was that the lyric? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I needed that one. <laughs> I know there's a as you know when we decided to do this one, I was like I got to do Jezebel. And so I kind of had a couple written down. You know, I had uh you know all dressed yeah. up in purple and pink and smells like trouble and cheap perfume, but I, I went with that one so <laughs> he, he smells like trouble and cheap perfume would have been hilarious too yeah. I yeah, like what I you went with you did it. Yeah. So, so for those that are listening um, Simon and I have known each other for a very long time now um, we were in a band together we've played in worship bands together we were in a part of each other's weddings um, I spent a lot of time at your parents house playing video games and You've introduced me to a ton of music over the years, um, but I don't think, as far as I remember, I don't think this is a band that you introduced me to, but you are the only person that I talked to about this band. So like, I wasn't <laughs> going to do this episode with anyone else but you. Um, yeah. Do, do you remember kind of their first time hearing them or like, like what song or like what album kind of hooked you to them? Oh yeah, and it, that's that's one of the uh, notes that I have down is the very first song I ever had is is in my top ten ten that I do plan to draft, uh, but it was the redeemed from the hollow and the hollow top to bottom was fantastic, but mm. the redeemed was the first one I heard, and I was like, oh man, I dig, that. and I, I was into like all of the kind of metalcore stuff at that time anyways but they were a little bit a little bit more poppy in a way mm -hmm. and so when i heard the redeemed um i i just was like i was all in i was all in on maddie in particular like i loved yeah. his vocal tone and when mm -hmm. i found out that he was kind of he was the two-parter and like he he was doing mm -hmm. all of it then i was just kind of i was i was stuck at that point and then soon after that um, it, it was very soon. It was like a couple weeks after I first listened to the hollow challenger was released and challenger blew mm -hmm. my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, both those albums are, are really good. And I know we'll, we'll talk about them a little bit more in detail as we get going. Um, my journey with this band is, it's a little weird. So <clears throat> I had this weird thing where, I often associate, I guess it's not weird. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people probably do it, but I often associate music with kind of events or times in my life. And mm -hmm. so for this band, um, I remember listening to that first album, Sleepwalking, and the random event that I associated with is moving out of one of my apartments in Ames when I was in school. And yeah. Just like listening to that album and like vacuuming my room. And so, like, whenever I hear that album, that's that's where I go back to. But, like, what I, I year remember was that? that that had to be like 2008, maybe. I was going to say album, because no. that was that album was earlier than that. I think maybe not. Yeah, though. 
Maybe it was right around then. You might be Actually, right. Actually, it, it had to be probably like... So this came out, I guess, according to Spotify, 2009. So it had to be probably later that summer that I first heard it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But then, yeah, so I listened to that album, and then I think the, the next one came... Or maybe, like, they released an EP, and I just... I didn't really vibe with it, so I stopped listening to them for a while, and then I heard Challenger... And then had to go back and listen to the Hollow, and then you know just been a fan ever yeah. since then. So, and and just especially with yeah, we'll we'll talk about it more, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, the having the Kellen Quinn feature mm-hmm. did wonders for them. I felt like yeah. at least in my book, mm-hmm. like it it did. It kind of sucked me right back in. Not that I ever yeah. fell away, but it sucked me right back in. Yeah, so let's just go ahead and uh, we'll just jump into it. So for for those that are listening, Simon and I have already pre-selected our 10th song, Memphis Mayfire album. So if you want to play at home, it's pretty easy. Just go ahead and choose from anything that they've released, put together your own album, you know, an opener, and closer, your songs to fill it out. You know, everything is available from everything that they've released, at least. Um, so, so, okay, Simon, hang on. Can, can, I, yeah. can I interrupt real quick? Yeah. What did you make these? You made these rules, right? Like you made up these rules. Yeah. So what if I cheat? What do you mean what by happens? cheat? <laughs> You'll see. I want to cheat, and I'm gonna cheat. Okay. But I'm just <laughs> forewarning you that I'm gonna cheat. All right. Well, I'll, I guess I'll okay. allow it then. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> Kurt cheated on Norma Jean, so. Okay. Fair. I guess. So it's okay. Okay. So with uh, so with this being your first time, you know, coming on the podcast, like, what was your approach to putting together your list of songs? Uh, so I listened to a couple, or I, I've listened to most, if not all of them, but um, I, I kind of approached it in a way that. So my my musical stuff, it, especially because like now that I'm I'm old and I've got four kids and I'm busier than I could possibly ever have imagined in my life with, you know, serving at church and playing music to like just Mm -hmm. normal work to being a husband and being a dad. I don't have a ton of time to like expand my horizons musically anymore. Mm -hmm. So I go through phases and my phases are generally like we're in spring right now. So spring is like when I fall into my like poppy love stuff. So like, Mm -hmm. um, like the main or wildlife or uh, band Camino, like that kind of stuff. I'm all, I'm all into that right Camino. now. Yeah. Dude, freaking love it. They, they don't put out anything awful ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have in, in, in the fall, I think it's because of the Halloween season, you know, being, being a little mm-hmm. Halloweeny, I get, uh, I get into a metal kick mm-hmm. and, when this, when you first mentioned this to me, it was actually right as the fall was kind of coming to a close. So I was mm-hmm. still in my metal kick. So I actually started putting my list together then, thinking, "Oh man, I'm gonna, I, I, I could put 25 songs on this <laughs> this album. We're gonna mm-hmm. have greatest yeah. hits volumes one, two, and three, right. and then just." over the past couple months, I've kind of dwindled it down and mixed and matched. And I've got, you know, I've got my 10, but then I, I couldn't quite do just the 10. So then I've got like, 
I've got like seven or eight honorable mentions too that I had to mm-hmm. leave in there, but, but I've yeah. got my 10. So the approach was, I'm going to just throw it all together. Cause this is, this is the season that I'm in right now. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to figure out which ones I'm listening to more and which ones I'm kind of like drawn to more now that, you know, most of these songs are songs that were released between 2009, 2012. So mm-hmm. kind of figuring out, all right, which ones are the, from the, the newer stuff that I want to, that is, you know, I might go back, I might go into now if I have the time, I guess, which is awful mm-hmm. to say when it comes to music, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, is, is there anything that like maybe surprised you when you were doing this? So one thing that I, I tend to get surprised by is like, I'll go into it thinking, you know, okay, I know I have a feeling most of my songs are going to come from this album. And then after I know my list is finished up, I end up with more songs from something that I like completely didn't that that, that comes completely out of left field. Like anything happened like that for you? Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. I didn't I didn't expect I, I I absolutely fully when I first did this list, my top twelve were from Challenger and the Hollow. Mm-hmm. Those two albums, my top twelve were from that. And the more I kind of like dug in and the more I kind of stabbed at it and kind of mix and matched and played with it the more i'm like remade and misery ended up being a solid album Mm -hmm. like it was it ended up being a solid listen the whole time and um i ended up putting pushing a couple of those up quite a bit and that kind of surprised me and then um there's 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 a couple spots in here that surprised me because the first time i listened to it i wasn't like drawn in right away a lot of these songs mm-hmm. i was it was like fell in love first time first listen and then there was yeah. a couple of them that took me a couple times but eventually it got to the point to where it was oh yeah this has got to be in there all right yeah so let's just uh let's just kick us kick this off do you want to go first and then you know we'll just kind of go back and forth with our tracks you know going through one through ten yep sure Cool. All right. Um, so my number one top of the list is top three metal song of all time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it is it it's head and shoulders above the rest for me as far as Memphis. And I love Memphis. I love most of their stuff. But their only flawless song, in my opinion, is The Victim. And from start to close, the victim is just, it, it, it was just perfect. And it, when, it, when it finally gets to the chorus and the victim and the guitar lines are going, it's just like, there's so much technicality in that. You know, as a musician, mm-hmm. you, you kind of think about a lot of the technicality when it comes to stuff like that. But the, this, this yeah. how difficult it is to do what they did while singing over it. And they didn't mm-hmm. make it, they didn't put those guitar lines in like a breakdown where it's like they're featured. It's the chorus. Like the chorus mm-hmm. is still featuring vocals, but the guitar line in it is actually what sets it over the top. And mm-hmm. for me, victim hands down number one. Yeah. I love that chorus. And then, yeah, like yeah. you said, you've got that guitar in the background. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. So my opener 
and kind of what's kind of weird about my list that I noticed is that my first three songs are their album openers, which I don't know if I yeah. Ever that yeah, it just kind of worked out that way. But uh, my first one is what I think is probably their best album opener is Without Walls from Challenger. Yes, the, uh, the This Is Who We Are, There's All The Roads Paved. I mean, it's a short song. It's only like a minute 30, minute 40, but it's it's a great intro. You know, really, I think, sets the tone like, for the band and um, you know, really kind of just provides that energy. Um, I think they were using this as you know, an opener on tour you know, probably for a while. I don't know if they're still doing it now, but um, I remember yeah. watching a couple of videos and seeing them do that, and I was just like, man, I wish I was at that show. I debated that one in my top 10 for so long. And then I was just like, because it's so short and because it's, it's like just an opener, I couldn't justify mm. it. But I so badly was just like, I want to do it. Cause it feels like an interlude because it's so short. Right. And then the way, it, <laughs> the way it bleeds in mm-hmm. track two, it's just like, it's yeah, it's so good. All right. What's your, uh, what's your number two. All right. Number two is where the line came from. Jezebel. Jezebel, it is, it is, it, the only way to describe it is it, it feels like an out of nowhere, it's, it's like borderline hip hop, out of nowhere, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's still metal, metalcore in the background, and then, but the more you listen to it, like the whole time, if you're like, you know, driving in the car and you're kind of bopping along to it, you're, you know, going at one pace, and then as soon as that she's all dressed up in purple and pink comes on you mm-hmm. like slow down and you just kind of yep. grin. It's like, Oh yep. yeah. <laughs> I like that transition. Not to yeah. mention the, the boldness of Maddie Mullins that he got so much crap for. When oh he yeah. Was on tour. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There, there was, there was already so much stuff going on. Like with all those, those metal guys in the tour stuff where they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, you're, you're just, you're just a bunch of hope core idiots. Like you guys suck. Like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, he didn't care. And he wrote a song to basically say, I don't care. I don't care about right. anything that you guys are saying. Like, here's my values. Here's my, here's what I care about. And I, mm-hmm. you just got to respect the dude for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've got this song on my list a little bit lower um, down on my track list and I'll, I'll kind of talk about it too a little bit later, but yeah, it's, this is one I definitely had to, to have on there. And, you know, yeah, I, I had that controversy noted too, just how people are, um, you know, just kind of ripping him for even, you know, writing a song about it and some of the statements that he said, you know, from the stage. But I mean, he's, you know, he stands firm in his, in what he believes. And, um, I mean, you get, yeah, you got to commit him for that for sure. Exactly. So what do you got? What do you got? Number two. So my number two, um, comes from probably my favorite album from them, uh, from unconditional is no ordinary love. And uh, I, I remember the first time hearing this album. It's probably a little bit after it came out. Um, and I don't really know where Maddie was with his faith kind of at that point or even through the rest of the albums. But I just remember listening through it and just being like, is this guy a Christian? Like, 
obviously lyrically he's not saying like the name of Jesus, but like everything else is there. You know, I I really resonated with that album, and I think this song specifically. You know, it's got some uh, some big Prodigal Son vibes to it. Um, yeah, I think if I had to call out you know a specific part in the song, I'd probably look at the bridge lyrically, and then. From an instrumentation standpoint, I love that guitar line that's after the end of the first chorus and um, just kind of how he's just kind of walking down a little bit. I, don't, I can't really explain it, but um, I, I love listening to that once, you know, as I'm listening through it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's they, they with that song, because that song was like, wasn't that one almost released as a single? Because it kind of released at least parts of it, if not the whole thing before the album came out. I think so, yeah. And I just, I listened, when I heard that song for the first time, I just remember thinking, they, they've shifted. They've shifted their genre mm-hmm. a little bit because yeah. of, they went a little bit, not quite as, as uh, hard or not quite as metal as they had then. But then the album comes out and you realize, oh no, it was just that song. But yeah, I was mm-hmm. taken, taken off guard by that one as well. And I think in a good way. Like, long-term, yeah. like, hindsight in a good way, yeah. All right, what do you got for number three? Number three, uh, simple, just The Redeemed. And it's it's I it had to stay in there because it's why I, I fell in love in the first place. That was the one. That was the one that hooked me. First one I heard, got me into the hollow in the first place, and then deep dark hole of Memphis from there on. Yeah, yeah. I'm pulling up the lyrics. I gotta remember which one that, how that one starts. It's it's one of their very uh, instrumental. Oh, this is the closer. Yeah, intro. These bones are only temporary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a good song. I really like that one too. Yeah. Uh, for my number three, uh, I went to Remade in Misery. This is my other, I guess, my third of their album openers. I did Blood and Water. And uh, I remember the album rollout for this one was kind of different, so... They released, I think, I want to say they released all but two of their songs over a single as singles over like a year and a half. It was really weird. Like I remember as they were coming yeah. out, I'm like, okay, when is this album actually going to be released? But yeah, like, <laughs> a little over a year. But um, I think on this one, I love the contrast between like his screaming and then also like his clean vocals in the chorus, especially mm-hmm. like the the second half of the chorus when he goes into the, um, you know. Yeah, I know it's all my fault. I love deep and lose it all. Um, mm-hmm. and he's got that line, you can't believe what you hear from the mouth of a serpent. That's really good, too. So, I was going to say kind of a random thing about this song and um, this album in general. They are probably top three of like my most played artists on Spotify because I've got so many other songs in my workout playlist. And probably about probably about around the time that they really they started releasing these songs i got really into rowing and so i was just like listening to this song just every time they were releasing new one just throw it in the playlist so like yeah when i hear this song that's that's what i think of just on the bike (laughs) grinding it out you're on the rowing machine 
it's funny how music does that to you too. Mm -hmm. Take you wherever you want to go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was going to say that's a, that's a perfect blend into my number four. Cause my number mm -hmm. four is blood and water as well. Nice. Yeah. And for me, it was, um, when I heard that one, it felt to me like the first time I heard the redeemed, which mm -hmm. the redeemed was the first song I ever heard of them. And then blood and water. And for me, it's, it's kind of dumb. Like you got rowing, mine is mowing. Like mm -hmm. mowing my lawn. <laughs> so that's what I, every time I hear the redeemed or blood and water, mm -hmm. it's that, but blood and water for me, it, it, it is, it is, it, 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 it's the reminder, right? Mm -hmm. Like every once in a while, a song will come yeah. out from somebody that you love and you're like, oh yeah, this is, this is why I, this is why I dig them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's crazy too, just how, you know, whether good or bad, kind of like you're saying, music just takes you back to, you know, certain times and, it almost feels like yeah. you can just find yourself you know, exactly in those moments and fill in whatever emotions or whatever that is associated there. Yeah. So that was your number four. So then my number four uh, is my first song from The Hollow, which is The Haunted. Yeah, and I've been listening to this song as I've, I've been listening to my playlist this week, but this might, I mean, at least right now, this is my favorite Memphis song. Um, and I just love that yeah. chorus. Yeah, I love that chorus, the hello and goodbye. You've got kind of this call and response feel and you got a little bit of like the, the hello goodbye echoes um, in the background. Yeah, and then mm -hmm. just this album in general, I, I love the way Maddie screams and then you know the contrast with his clean vocals too. He he's got a couple yeah. um, vocal runs on the song too that are pretty good. He does. There's 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 no harmony quite like the Maddie Mullins harmonizing with himself. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like my favorite thing. Yeah. But the haunted the haunted is the that's the throwback song for Jezebel too. Like let's mm -hmm. have a sing along. That's, mm -hmm. It's it's that's bold in and of itself. Like I'm going to do right. the same lyric twice. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And that was one of the notes I had for Jezebel too. Um, since I've, since I've got that on my list. Yeah. That he calls back to that song. And so kind of yeah. for me, putting both those songs and, you know, I, I love when bands kind of do callbacks to, you know, some of their older stuff. So I kind of had to do that in my yeah. own too. Um, all right. So are you ready for my first cheat, which might not be a cheat. I don't even know. This might be just like bending or skirting the rules a little bit, but it's not a cheat. Are you ready? Yep, yep. It's Grenade. Nice. You know what? I've got Grenade on my list too. <laughs> Do you see? Okay, good. I, do. no, I don't feel so bad. I don't feel so bad. As I was thinking through this, I was like, ah, you, dude, we got to do a Pop Goes Punk yeah. draft. But mm -hmm. with, yeah, with, <laughs> I heard Grenade, <laughs> I was just, there's, there's so many good, so many good covers. And I love covers. I love Pop Goes Punk. I love all mm -hmm. of those things. But uh, just first hearing Grenade, uh, <laughs> I was in the car with Coley. Mm -hmm. And she's like, 
they're not allowed to do that, Dad. They can't. <laughs> they can't do because she knows the actual song. They can't do yeah. that. And I was like, well, there's a, there's a, it can like there's a thing. Right. I don't know what it is, but it's like art, artistic freedom or something mm-hmm. dumb like that. Right. But this is this is better anyways. So yeah, Bruno couldn't get out of here. Although I do love Bruno as well. Right. He is the best. He is the best halftime show I've ever seen. Mm. But Grenade by Memphis, <clears throat> I'll take it. Yeah. I, I'm in the same boat. I love covers, especially when they they cross genres like that. You know, from the from Bruno's original song to this one. Yeah, I love the whole pop goes punk or I guess punk goes pop series too. So, yeah, yeah is that I, what it is? It's a, yeah. I think it's punk goes pop. pop. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I had to have that one on my list too. I, I that's not a cheat by any means. So, okay, we'll, we'll definitely allow that one. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> All right, so then that would probably be what your your fifth song, or is that like a, a a random song you're throwing in there? That's yeah, that's my number five for sure. I okay. mean, I have others that I could slip in, but that's my number five. Okay, so then uh, my number five, I went to Sleepwalking and did North Atlantic versus North Carolina. So I, I had to take it back to the beginning with this one. And I, I believe this was the first Memphis song that I heard. So um, definitely had to kind of pay tribute to that. But just loved like that, that Southern metalcore feel that they had on this first album. And you know, I, I think initially I was kind of bummed that they went away from it. Um, but I mean, obviously we'll always have this album to fall back on. And I, I mean, I, I still love their everything that they put out after this too. Yeah. They, they, it's almost like the production value changed drastically and then yep. they kind of changed with it. Like it was, it, mm-hmm. was, it was both. And, and when yeah. that happened, mm-hmm. who's who the other band? Uh, oh, it was blindside. You remember blindside? Yep. Mm-hmm. They were the same exact way. Like they had, um, empty box. There was the empty, but I don't, it wasn't, that wasn't the album name, but there was a song called empty box and you listen to that song and then you listen to their next album and it's just you can tell that whoever produced it was just different. So then they just mm-hmm. they just shifted everything. And I feel yeah. like Memphis was very similar in that. Yeah, I need to spin sleepwalking again. I might have to listen to that yeah, tomorrow. Dude. Network. Yeah, dude. Blind good silence. Silence was so yeah, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That got us through high school. It did. Tell you what. That album got a lot of run. Yeah. My number six. You ready for mm-hmm. this? Yep. This this is from the man himself, Kellen Quinn, miles away. The feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He uh. When when you think you try and you try and sing along with Maddie. You're like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I'm my throat's bleeding, everything hurts because <laughs> he sings so high. And then Kellen right. Quinn comes in and miles away, and you're just like, oh my gosh, my balls disappeared. He's just right, so yeah. <laughs> he's a chick, man. But that song was so good, and it just is. the story behind the song about like you know writing it for his wife and like all of it, like it, it's just a it's just a sweet song, and it comes, you know. 
being kind of right in the middle of Challenger, it's a nice kind of break from the action when everything is so heavy all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then it leads right into Jezebel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then my number six is where I had Grenade listed there. Mm. Got a little little uh, plugging that in to start off the second half of my album. Let's nice little break from... Let's just do yeah. something weird, everybody. Yep, exactly. Yep. Throw it right throw it right in the middle, throw everybody off, and then jump right back into everything else. <laughs> All right, what you got for seven? Seven is the cheat. So it is actually... And you can tell me, you can say, Simon, you can't do that. You can, you can say that to me. I give you permission okay. because I trust you. There's right. lots of people that I don't like when they tell me that, but you, you're allowed to tell me that. <laughs> uh, number seven is My Dear from Maddie Mullen's Worship Album. You know what? I'll allow it because yes! <laughs> I, I guess for, for two reasons. One, I mean, it it's Maddie Mullins. He's part of Memphis Made Fire. So, I mean, it's yeah. it, it's within the the greater Memphis Made Fire universe. And then yeah. two, I love his, his solo stuff. So we'll, we'll allow that yeah. one too. It was it just, that song, just the lyrics of the song. So... I love any worship song that is um, perspective shift of like, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus speaking to his children. Like, I love that kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, especially because it's so different. Normally we're like proclaiming or like we're singing out to him or whatever, but any mm-hmm. perspective shift, I'm a big fan of. Um, so that's what that song is. And then that, that album came at just, the right time and it it happened right around the time Aaron Gillespie had his worship albums and then a lot of these hopecore guys were trying to do it but then mm-hmm. the only guys that really were successful in it were were Maddie and Aaron and mm-hmm. um but it's still he still hung on to his you know his Memphis roots throughout all right of it. like it's still it's still heavy, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. he's not screaming yeah. in it, but it's still, it's still heavier than any other worship album you're going to listen to. Did you, did you check out his other album, Unstoppable? I did. I haven't been as deep into Unstoppable, but mm. I've, I've listened to it a few times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that one seems definitely a little, I mean, more popular than the other one I thought. Yeah. I remember just, I remember hearing like the song Unstoppable on the radio one day. I'm just like, is this Maddie Mullins? What? Just, you know, just kind of being surprised by it. Yeah. What's the no, okay, his guy so with Jordan Feliz? Yes. Yeah. It is like mm-hmm. super pop, like almost yeah. like laughable pop, but in mm-hmm. a good way. Yeah. Yeah. And Jordan Jordan Feliz in that is kind of um, I don't even know how you describe it because they're both vocalists, but they're very yeah. different vocalists, mm-hmm. very different styles. But yeah, I remember. I, did, I don't remember ever hearing it on the radio, but I do remember listening to that and thinking, is this really, is he really doing mm-hmm. this? Right. But like in a good way, like it was fun. I mean, that's a, that's a left field pick, but it's a good pick though. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you expect, Reed? Right. I know. So, so then for my number seven, 
Man, I kind of feel like I should have looked outside the box a little bit outside of Grenade. But, <laughs> you know, I thought about throwing uh, their cover of Faint on my list, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd like it more than the Linkin Park version. And so I'd probably leave it as an honorable mention. That's that's exactly where I am. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's hard. The Grenade, it was such a different genre it's like two different types of people are going to like this song and but the the faint was kind of like it's kind of the same people just it's just done Mm -hmm. a different way so that that that's where i landed with it too i thought about it too but i was like yeah i'm not gonna do that one all right so um number seven i chose death inside of me another one from remade of misery Yeah, this is another rowing classic for me. Just a good pump-up song, you know, as I'm rowing it out. And, you know, just listening to it this week, I didn't realize how dark this song was lyrically. (laughs) And, like, from an instrumentation standpoint, I'm like, this is great. You know, it's got some great energy. But then lyrically, I'm just like, I don't know if I can, like, sing this out loud. You know what I mean? (laughs) Some of it's dark, man. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. You want, and I've never read anything about it, but it, it feels like he's got a lot of demons. Yeah, and um, he sings about them, and it's mm-hmm. a lot of it is dark. Yeah, yeah. But in in kind of like a, uh, uh, it's almost like in repent. It feels mm-hmm. like right. Yeah, but it's still dark. But it's it's like, yeah, he's like admitting his own failures type of thing mm-hmm. yeah because i can't help but think they might be better without me i wonder when i'm gone what they'll be saying about me i see it i see the end in sight it's heavy yeah it's very heavy all right let's uh let's not be so heavy what's your number eight <laughs> jeez i'm so depressed now can you tell yeah <laughs> uh for number eight i got somebody from Remade in Misery. They are... Um, how do I best describe it? Just the intro to the song. Yeah. It's like a very fuzzy, fuzzy bass, which is super mm-hmm. cool. Um, and they're just kind of rolling around. And then as, as the vocals start, you're thinking, oh, this is kind of... This is kind of Imagine Dragons yeah. ish. It's kind of it kind of feels like Imagine Dragons kind of out of nowhere, mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's just fun and it's different, but it's still very Memphis and right. I don't know. I dig it. It's one of the things from Remade Misery that I like. Like they kind of just they stayed true to who they were, but they were also mm-hmm. like we're gonna we're gonna branch a little bit and yeah. I dig that about them. Yeah, it's got a it's got a good vibe and a good feel to the song i mean i feel like it's a little bit slower than you know i guess what i would think for them but i mean it's it's just got a good groove to it yeah I like that one too that didn't make the rowing playlist though it's a little too slow <laughs> tempo was <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna go you're not gonna get your thousand meters in without right one. yeah <laughs> yeah and so for my number eight we already talked about this one but this is why i had jezebel 
and then as far as like with sequencing my album, you know, I had uh, the Haunted at at four, and then Jezebel at eight. Yeah, and then you've got the callback there, which we already talked about too. So yeah. I like to do little little things like that. It's it's fun for me, but nothing that would really be noticeable, I guess. Random random question, random five and two question. Ah. Did we have track four? Wasn't that like track yeah. eight? Yeah. I always thought that was funny. Yeah, but. that was a that was a Doug that was a Doug thing because <laughs> I remember when, when we wrote we wrote that we had our Friday night rehearsals and we wrote that song and for some stupid I don't know why this is even a memory of mine we wrote that song and we were all like oh man that one's good that's a banger that one's gonna be fun mm-hmm. and I specifically remember to this day Doug was like. We should name it track four, but make it track eight on the album. <laughs> it's just like, okay, <laughs> sure. And then it did. And that's like yeah. one of the things that I remember most about all of our five and two years. Yeah. Oh, speaking of five and two years, you know what my favorite mm-hmm. memory is of five yeah. and two? My absolute favorite memory is we played a um, New Year's Eve party at yep. North high school north high school in davenport (laughs) and that night we're all just drained we're tired and we're like we're gonna play into the new year so we hadn't played a show that late ever and we're all tired and so we just start taking uh or start just popping energy drinks like we just gotta do whatever we can to stay awake because we gotta put on a Mm -hmm. show you know however many hundreds of kids here and Mm -hmm. that was the night that we did the go frodo go song Yes. And we, Doug, Doug had, he put Frodo's picture with the ring, the one true mm-hmm. ring on, on the slides and Doug like turned around while we're singing this song and he kept like picking at the ring. It just reminded <laughs> me of my grandmother being weird and he kept picking at the ring, but all the while, Matt is still trying to like put on a good show. So he yeah. gets on top of the kick drum while Doug is doing this. And mm-hmm. then Matt goes to jump off the kick drum as Doug starts to go back to the front of the stage. <laughs> and Matt <laughs> falls straight on his face. And it was the most fantastic thing I'd ever witnessed. I think I had to stop playing because I was laughing. So yeah. I wish we would have recorded that song. I know. I can't believe we didn't. That's like, I know. It's it was it was so fun. It was so good, but whatever. I don't remember anything about it now. Yeah, yeah. I just remember "Go Frodo Go." That's what scene tells you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all I got. The part that I know. Good times. Yeah, we're. I uh, I think I mentioned this to you guys when I saw you guys a couple of weeks. Um, definitely want to do a five and two episode and just reminisce and just tell super <laughs> stories. <laughs> That'd be so. Well, who would we have as a drummer? Nick will come on. You think he will? Yeah, I think he will. Oh, that would be so much fun. That'd be awesome. We could actually probably have Brandon come too. We could. We could have Tate's come on. We could probably have Junior come on. Oh my probably gosh! Yes. Call up Zach Micklewright. I'm sure he could do something. Just have them all. Shows. <laughs> Just have them all show up. It'll yeah. Be a blast. It'd be fun. Have the cadets on. Kurt and Joel. Oh, Make it a party. Oh man, those shows were my favorite shows. Five and two with the cadets; those are my favorite shows. I don't think I've ever been spit on more in my life. 
That's Mostly okay. by Joel. Mostly yeah. by Joel, though. <laughs> All right. What's uh, what's your number nine? Wait, did you give me your eight? Uh, eight was Jezebel. That's right. Yeah. And I and I scoffed that you had Jezebel <laughs> down at number eight. Uh, my number nine is Heavy is the Weight. Which you you had up there before, but kind of going back to what we talked about with the the Maddie and the kind of darker lyrics. But the um, I feel like everything that they have is lyric centric. Like they're mm-hmm. they pay attention. I mean, most bands say they do. But I feel like they do. You know, mm-hmm. it just feels like they do. But the the raw reality of of Memphis and Maddie and the the vulnerability that's there. It's, mm-hmm. is a lot of it. If you take that song and remove Andy Mineo from it, it's still a good mm-hmm. song. But as soon as you add Andy Mineo on top of it, it just sends mm-hmm. it over the top. Because I'm I'm a sucker for Andy Mineo as it is. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it kind of, it's kind of like who is Memphis Mayfire? Listen to mm-hmm. Heavy is the Weight. That's yeah. that's how I feel about him. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big Andy Mineo fan too. Um, I remember, I remember when the song came out and seeing that he was on with them, and I was just like, "That's a combination I was not expecting to hear." But I like yeah. the song too. Yeah, that's a good one for sure. I didn't have anything from this album on here, and I didn't have anything from um, what's the other album? This light I hold. I think that's what it is. I didn't either. That's that's the only song from the broken or from broken mm-hmm. that I had was heavy weight. But yeah. yeah. So then my my song nine. So my nine and ten, and I'll I'll talk about it as we get going, but it it's kinda like a part one, part two for me. So my number nine is the center from the hollow. And you know, lyrically for me, this song really feels like a worship song. You kind of got like this, you know, Maddie's talking about like this, this desperation, desperation and longing for help and knowing that, you know, he can't do this on his own. And, um, you know, he, he's tried to save himself, you know, and he's failed, you know, as he says, in no ordinary love and, you know, just kind of, you know, just almost just like reaching out and, you know, laying himself down essentially. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that as far as it being a, worship song but mm-hmm. i think you're absolutely right yeah because it's 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 definitely he needs something mm-hmm. feel. i mean in from an instrumentation standpoint it's you know it's really heavy you know right at the beginning you've kind of got that that drum fill intro and then you know they're just kind of hitting you in the mouth all the way through it feels like but it's it's like you want to be punched in the mouth it's weird yeah mm-hmm. i'll take go ahead yeah you do whatever you need to do, you redheaded little mm-hmm. angel. <laughs> yeah, I as I was going through the songs, I forgot that they had named the song Ginger Vitus. That was pretty hilarious. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's that at? How have I missed that is, all these years? It is on. Let me see. What is it on? It might be on their EP. Oh, they probably because all of their EPs have weird <laughs> song names. Yeah, especially their early stuff. 
Yeah, it's on. Uh, yeah, the Between the Lies EP. Ginger Vite is yeah. track five. What was that? Like two thousand seven? Do you have that? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I was like, yeah, early, early mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> In your opinion, side note: Who mm-hmm. has who has the best gift of naming their songs? Of all the bands and all the artists that you know, mm-hmm. who names their songs the best? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I guess I'll just go with the first one that came to mind was Fall Out Boy. Oh my gosh, I was going to say Fall Out Boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good because they're so ridiculous and so random. I know. Yeah, I'd say Fall Out Boy. Um, I mean, Norma Jean's up there. Under Oath is up there. Um, Panic is up there. At least maybe their earlier, their first album, The Fever Can't Sweat Out. Mm-hmm. Devil Wears Prada it, yeah. has a lot of great ones. Yep. There's a whole story about why they named Des Moines. Mm-hmm. That, why they named it that. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. I don't know if I know that one. Des Moines, the song? Uh, the, or the song story. or the story, yeah. Both, I guess. The story is just they went and played in Des Moines, mm-hmm. but they had never played in Iowa before, so mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't know how to pronounce it. So they nice. they got up to do the like, "How you doing, Des Moines?" They were like, mm-hmm. "What's up, Des Moines?" Yeah. <laughs> they had no <laughs> idea. Crickets, <laughs> and then the crowd corrected them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. And I, I I don't think I don't I don't think this is accurate. But have you ever seen those those visit Des Moines commercials? And then at the end of it, there's like that little splash screen that says only the S's are silent. Yeah. It's like, mm. I I choose to believe that that's because Devil Wars Prada made a mistake. Right. <laughs> I choose to believe that. Yeah. There's somebody in the decision-making process for those commercials that is a, mm-hmm. is a Prada fan. Mm-hmm. They're like, guys, I have an idea for the next <laughs> commercial. This is going to be our tagline for the next right. 50 years. Yep. <laughs> All right, so what's uh, what are you closing your album out with, dude? It's so hard, it's so hard. I had, I couldn't decide, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, I'm gonna put my nine on here, and then I'm gonna decide in the moment because mm-hmm. I've got, I've got my honorable mentions, which are make believe, the haunted, the reality, alive and lights, vessels, the sinner, and generation hate. And I think I have to go with, if you're going to twist my arm and make me choose one, (laughs) I think I'm going to choose Vessels. Nice. Uh, And it kind of goes back to the the Miles Away and the Jezebel stuff, Mm. where it's just... And a lot of stuff we've talked about, like, dude's just vulnerable. He's just a yeah. vulnerable, broken man. And at the end of the day, we're all broken people and we're all in need of a savior. And he, the way he wrote that song was, I don't know, like, it's still impactful. I Luckily, I have never had, as I say this as I'm drinking a Simply Spiked Lemonade. I've never had a, 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 an issue with, with alcoholism, but mm-hmm. I've seen the impact of it on people. 
and how mm-hmm. it, it can be how it can be a demon and be you know even be demonic in multiple cases mm-hmm. and how it can ruin families and ruin lives and stuff like that yeah and, um i i never i looked it up but I've, I've never been able to find anything like what kind of struggles he actually had but it's very clear like in that song that he's he's referring to alcoholism like mm-hmm. he starts the song by like it's something like i couldn't remember exactly but like drowning myself yeah like drowning every night and um me versus me has always been my biggest fight like something mm-hmm. along the lines of like i can't fight myself when it comes to this um yeah it's just it, it's just kind of like this all-encompassing thing with memphis where vulnerability meets um melody mm-hmm. and so i'm gonna i'm gonna go there i'm gonna go with vessels yeah that's good um and I like I like what you said the the vulnerability meets the melody, um, you know, and it goes back to some of the other songs we were talking about too, where you know, his melody and the instrumentation from the band like they're on point, but then like lyrically, like it, it just really hits you, you know, with some of the the um, subject matter. You can be rowing away, not even thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> Next thing you know, taking a shower in the gym and you're crying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, my number 10, which is the part two to the center, I went with the answer. So yeah. I, I kind of look at it as you've got, you know, I am the center, Jesus is the answer. And I just kind of like that contrast of, I guess putting these two back to back, the contrast of the desperation, desperation in the center, and then like the hope that's shown in the answer, and just ending it with you know that last line that the you are the answer to everything. So I mean, mm-hmm. unconditional kind of like I said is it's my my favorite album of theirs, and you know just from a, a spiritual standpoint, it, it was really important to me just kind of as as I continued to listen to it and just kind of you know have it you know connect to you know different events in my life it's it's been uh pretty pivotal for me so mm-hmm. i need to like this is making me think i need to sit down and just like not listen to any of this stuff but just like take all these songs and just read mm-hmm. i just want to just read all of it so i'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit um do it what are your and maybe maybe it's not on the spot maybe you've got this in your head what have you what are your memphis mayfire album rankings album rankings yeah uh it is it's got to be challenger one the hollow two remade in misery three and then everything else and that's 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 you know that's that's like a top to bottom stuff like i've got a couple yeah. songs from each in there but like mm-hmm. top to bottom this especially challenger and the hollow both of those albums i can listen mm-hmm. to those albums like just start on track one go all the way through without stopping without mm-hmm. even thinking about it like both of those yeah. albums in, in particular i can do that with remade and misery as well but remade and misery i feel like i have to be in the right mood mm-hmm. but that that's not the case for challenger and the hollow i'll just i'll just right. go yeah yeah, for me, I'd go with um, probably put the hollow at one, and then unconditional, 
and then let's go challenger remade misery um and then probably this light i hold just because i think there's more songs on that album that i like than i do on broken yeah so yeah i'd probably say that'd be that'd be my ranking there did i did i tell you while you were here um quinn the baby mm-hmm. when when she was about 10 days old um i was in the car with her mm-hmm. and um i was just like megan needed to break she was tired um so i was i was taking coley to church for something and um so i was like i'll just take the baby with me like and then drive around for a little bit i'll just give you some mm-hmm. time to do stuff um she she just started freaking out in the car wouldn't stop crying so i was like i'm just gonna play turn on spotify so i turned on turned on spotify <laughs> and uh the first song I, I had been listening to memphis so the song that came on was um alive and lights mm-hmm. and it was like towards the end of it and she kind of like stopped for a second like you know like a baby like kind of thanks mm-hmm. and then like yeah very confused mm-hmm. but she kept crying so i was like oh she whatever so I turned it to something different. I turned it to like Baby Shark or something stupid like that. Mm-hmm. That would work. And then she kept crying. And I was like, maybe there was something to that with the light and lights. So I turned on <laughs> the hollow and was just going to let it play. And she immediately stopped. And this sounds so mm-hmm. stupid because you're like, oh, <laughs> you're just a parent telling a story. Well, of course, I'm going to exaggerate a little bit. But this is, this is actually true. She yeah. stopped crying. So she mm-hmm. stopped crying through the whole album. So I go home. And I tell Megan about this. I was like, it was so funny. Just telling her the story. And that night she's crying again. And I was like, it was like 2 a.m. I was like, can I just try this? Like, it's, it's, mm-hmm. I don't think it'll work. But I pull out my phone, turn on the hollow, and she stops crying <laughs> at 2 a.m. And at this point, I'm like, this has to be a joke, right? Like, this, my little 10 year old baby is trolling me. Mm-hmm. So, but it was, it was hilarious. She got to sleep. It was fine. Well, two days later, um i wake up to the hollow mm-hmm. because the baby was i didn't wake up to the baby i woke up to megan turn on on the hollow because she wanted <laughs> to keep the baby asleep <laughs> it's the best man. <laughs> and it's absolutely true you can ask her i promise <laughs> that's hilarious mm-hmm. oh man it doesn't work anymore for what it's worth but she's yeah. older now right yeah she's, she's just a couple months old yeah. yeah, she's grown out. Now she wants baby shark. Right, yeah. <laughs> no more Memphis for her. Yeah, she's out. Cool. Well, you got any um, like music hot takes or anything you need to get off your chest? Musical hot I, takes. Dude, I, gotta, I know you said you haven't really got you haven't really been listening to a ton of stuff lately, but I haven't, but that doesn't mean I don't have hot takes. Still got mm-hmm. hot takes. <laughs> All right. Uh you want a Modern day hot take or a generational hot take? Whatever you got. Okay. Modern day hot take. The greatest lyricist of our generation is Megan Trainer. Okay. Tell, tell me more about awesome. that one. <laughs> so she she's a writer and for a yeah. long time she wrote music. Mm-hmm. And from what I hear and from what I've read, a lot of the um, lyrics and things that she writes now are directed towards the people that wouldn't let her 
basically go out on her own, or they tried to stop mm-hmm. her from going out on her own because they said that she didn't have the look for it. Mm-hmm. So, like, all about that bass in particular. Like, yeah. she wrote that song because she was writing songs for people like T Swift and all these like cutesy girls. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, I can do this. Like I can do this guys. If you just let me do this. Yeah. And so she just, she did it. And it's, there's, there's more, uh, story and emotion behind a lot of the stuff that she does than what it sounds yeah. like. And I think that's awesome. So nice. hot take number one, that is hot a good take hot number take. two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hot take number two and i i'm sure i'm gonna make a couple people mad at me for this one it's just like whatever uh top three most mm-hmm. overrated bands of all time no, okay. in, in in reverse order <laughs> number three red hot chili peppers fight me number two <laughs> green day i'm bored number one <laughs> most overrated band of all time Nirvana. I'm sorry. Nice. <laughs> you don't ha- have any idea how many times people have been mad at me for just saying those words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, listen, I can explain it. I can give my opinion. Most people mm-hmm. will tell me I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong, but it's a hot- you asked for a hot take. So. No, I, I'm, I'm here for it. So, all right. You said chili peppers. Okay, I can, I can see that. Um, I mean, Flea is great, but yeah, I can see they're yeah. a little overrated. Well, you're a bass player, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Green Day. Um, I mean, obviously they are very influential, but I mean, they're not in my top five punk bands. I'm not a huge Green Day fan either. So, my my biggest thing with Green Day, mm-hmm. and it's just like they're it's fine, it's fine. But how they got to the level of stardom that they got mm-hmm. with being as basic as they are, like realistically, yeah. like look back at every single thing that they've done, every single piece of music that they put out, especially mm-hmm. the stuff that they put out that was on Billboard Top 100, any mm-hmm. of those things. And you're just like, how are we not bored? How did this happen? Yeah. I mean, it's playing fast and playing loud, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so nirvana you want to punch me in the mouth be honest uh no i'm I'm good with that too um i mean i I love dave grohl but yeah i mean nirvana's yeah i'm good with with that you know yeah so two things and then i'll get you out on these two things one and i don't know if i've ever told you this um matt and i were in a band in like eighth grade and we did uh we were at williams and they had a school dance and we did a battle of the bands, and the other band played "Smells Like Teen Spirit." And so, whenever I think of did them, they lose? That. Did they lose the battle uh, of the bands? I, I don't know. I don't know if they declared winners or not, but they probably should have lost. So. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, the thing with Nirvana is, I, I wanted to love them because, mm-hmm. like, I was a grungy, grungy teenager, and. Mm-hmm. It was not quite my era. It was a little bit before me, but I have always just had this thing in the back of my mind of like it. What it was, it was kind of catchy, but it was super grungy. There wasn't really anything like difficult about anything. But you talk to anybody from in in our generation, mm-hmm. and you say, 
can you play Smells Like Teen Spirit right now? Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to say drums, guitar, or bass. You say, can you play it? And anybody that learned music in our generation can do it because it was mm-hmm. one of the very first things that we did as beginners. Yeah. And it's not like Green Day where you're just bored throughout all of it. It's It was, it was different in that they were just – it was just – grungy like it's it's the best way to describe it like the genre mm-hmm. is the best way to describe it but there are plenty yeah. of grunge bands that are that are awesome but mm-hmm. nirvana was just kind of the one that was like i i i get it like it's it's the generation it's the it's the genre i get it but mm-hmm. the level of popularity that has happened from it is how much of it is actually because um kurt cobain mm-hmm. his own life like realistically, right. how much of it is because of that? And I, mm-hmm. I would venture to say a lot of it is just like Buddy Holly. Like, was Buddy mm-hmm. Holly ever really that good, or was he popular because he died in a plane crash? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right? Yeah. All right. So I'll, I'll give you one of my hot takes. Um, yeah, give it to me. I re- I recognize the importance of this group and what they've done for music as a whole, but I don't I don't personally get the appeal of them. The Beatles. <laughs> oh, I love it so like, much. I, I get it. Like I, I know that you know they were transcendent and innovative and brought all these different things to music. But I'm just like, it's fine to me. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't get it. No, I'm. I am right there with you, my friend. I am right there with you. I and this has been explained to me on more than mm-hmm. one occasion. It's because of the quote-unquote walls and boundaries that they broke down. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, I wasn't alive right. when, it, when, it, when it happened. But looking back historically, I, I'm right there. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love Hey Jude. Other than that, everything else, if it was never written, I wouldn't care. Yeah, and, and like, I'm not knocking like any of anything they've written or any of their songs. Obviously, they have great stuff, but I'm just not like, oh my gosh, it's the Beatles. Like it's just like right. it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I I never understood it either. But it is funny how many how many people will be up in arms with you. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm ready for it. I want all. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> just don't say, just don't say it to Dana. Don't don't tell your wife. Because who right, knows? Yeah. I don't. I, I don't know how strong your relationship is, but it's not worth the risk. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to. I'll tell her not to listen to this one, or at least not to listen to this part. <laughs> <into it. laughs> yeah, just this. Just stop at an hour. Don't go any further. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs>